U.S. and British forces strike Houthi bases in Yemen. The U.S. Department of Defense appears to be leaderless. The Gaza war is now approaching 100 days this weekend. The IDF continues to hit Gaza, Lebanon, and Syria, and Israel defends themselves at the World Court in The Hague. Messianic World Update begins now. Shalom everyone, I'm Monty Judah with Lion and Lamb Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, January 12th of the year 2024. Yesterday, the U.S. has finally struck the Houthi rebel bases with Tomahawk cruise missiles and F-18 aircraft from the USS Eisenhower aircraft carrier. Interestingly enough, they announced that the targets were including drone bases and missile bases there that the Houthis had been using against ships in the Red Sea, as well as attacking Israel. However, this was a very strange, not-so-secret military operation. Even I knew that the U.S. and the British forces were going to strike those bases about eight hours before it took place. It turns out that the British press made a big announcement about an emergency executive meeting in London. So the whole world knew that the U.S. and the Brits were going to strike the Houthi rebels. Well, interestingly enough, that gave the Houthi rebels plenty of time to move all their weapons out of the way. And so like the U.S. strategy before bombing empty warehouses, I'm not sure what exactly the U.S. and the British were able to strike in Yemen. I'm not sure there was even much of anything left there to hit. So it wasn't a very secret operation. Now, of course, the U.S. is saying that they'll get the message that they shouldn't do that anymore. They shouldn't attack ships anymore and so forth. Well, the Houthis really got the message because they immediately broadcast that they're now going to go to war with the U.S. and with Britain and everybody. So it sounds like we really scared them bad. The Secretary of Defense, by the way, going back to December 31st, has gone into the hospital. Apparently, he has prostate cancer. He was being treated for it. And then after he was treated, he had a series of complications in the early days of January, and he found himself back in the hospital again in intensive care. And for at least three, possibly four days, the Secretary of Defense, nobody knew where he was. The president didn't know where he was. The rest of the Department of Defense didn't know where he was. By the way, his chief of staff, who's supposed to kind of keep connected with everybody, apparently he had the flu and he was home too. The deputy defense secretary was not aware that he was out of commission and they had additional responsibilities, but essentially there for several days, Joe Biden was on vacation. The chief of staff had the flu. The secretary of defense was in the hospital. I don't know who was running the Department of Defense or the national command structure, but the very thought of this is frightening. I'm sure our enemies keep tabs on where all of our leaders are at, but apparently our leaders don't keep tabs with one another about where they're at. As a result of the attack on the Houthi rebels, Iran immediately seized an oil tanker bound for the U.S. and the Gulf of Oman. It ties back to a controversy that the United States has with Iran involving about a million barrels of oil, and so Iran has decided to take some of the U.S. oil in exchange. 
All of this bubbling on and going on while we're trying to figure out who in the world is in charge of the Defense Department. Apparently, the Secretary of Defense was involved in the decision-making of attacking the Houthi rebel bases. Apparently, he did it from his hospital bed, I guess, with a phone or whatever. Not sure it was a real secure facility like the Pentagon has. And, of course, the Houthi rebels are threatening even more escalation. Now, if you'll recall, the reason why the U.S. was taking the action that they were was to keep the Middle East from escalating into further conflicts. As a result of U.S. policy in dealing with the Houthi rebels, them launching missiles at Israel, attacking ships in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden, the situation has escalated. Anyways, in the meantime, U.S. forces in Syria and Iraq are being hit multiple times by other Iranian proxies. It, this idea of we're trying to keep the place from escalating, it already has escalated all over the place in the Middle East. So let's talk about Israel and what's going on at 100 days of the Gaza war. There still are 120 hostages being held by Hamas. More than 175 IDF soldiers have died in the efforts to defeat Hamas and recover the hostages. Israel is reporting at least 8,500 Hamas terrorists have been killed. The Hamas operations with tunnels have been destroyed in northern Gaza. Essentially, Hamas has no more say on northern Gaza. And Israel is now banning foreign journalists from going into Gaza. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, those journalists have been actually helping with the propaganda war with Hamas, and Israel doesn't want them doing that. And further, some of those journalists have been warned to stay away from certain areas, but have gone into certain areas, and some of those journalists have been killed accidentally by Israel in bombing raids and other attacks after they were warned to not go in those areas. So Israel's just taken the position all foreign journalists are not permitted in Gaza. And of course, you can imagine the whole world is up in arms. Oh my gosh, we're stopping the free press and so forth. Israel is just simply trying to save a few lives. Israel has hit a Hezbollah leader up in Beirut, and as a result, we're expecting great tensions between Hezbollah and in Lebanon with Israel. In fact, Israel is on a full alert in the north for it. The U.S. Secretary of State Blinken has been visiting the Middle East here recently in the last several days, going to multiple countries also including Israel and seeing Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian leader. According to press releases, he's, quote, trying to get the IDF out of Gaza. And of course, the president has been talking about wanting to do a two-state solution. And so he made the statement that the two-state solution, you know, a, a state for Palestine, a state for Israel, that's the only path to stability and isolation of Iran, the only way that the Middle East can be solved. Actually, I have another plan for you, Mr. Secretary of State. Just get Hamas to surrender and tell Iran to stop. That would be a completely new plan on how to bring stability to the region. The foreign policy that the U.S. is carrying out and Secretary of State Blinken is trying to respond to is not being well received by Israel. Israel is in the midst of a fight with Hamas, and their response to what Secretary Blinken had to say was, 
we will intensify our efforts to get the hostages out and find and kill the Hamas leaders. Now that is Israel's position and the U.S. is simply barking up the wrong tree. Let's talk about Joe Biden's foreign policy. Former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates, under I believe the Clinton administration, in commenting about Joe Biden, said that Joe Biden had been wrong on every foreign policy decision for the last 50 years. By the way, there are many people who agree 100% with that statement. Joe Biden watched Bill Clinton as the president set up the Middle East Peace Accord, you remember there in September of 1993, brought in Yasser Arafat and Yitzhak Rabin. They shook hands. We talked about a Middle East peace agreement. We talked about a two-state solution. That plan, that effort to do that has sadly failed. It just never works. The Palestinians won't cooperate in the thing, and despite many negotiations, it's not taking place and hasn't since 1993. President Obama, he came in and his new initiative was to set up negotiations with Iran. We'll negotiate with Iran so they won't have a nuclear weapon program. Well, we all know how that has played out. Iran right now is enriching uranium way past any level that was ever considered to be a possibility. And Joe Biden has watched these two previous presidents. He saw the esteem they received in these two initiatives, but he's also seen how none of that has played out. Since he became president, he decided we're going to leave Afghanistan, and you know about the debacle that took place there, clearly on Joe Biden's watch. He's decided that he wants to copy what Bill Clinton did. He wants to copy what Obama did. He wants to negotiate with Iran. He wants to get Israel to agree to the two-state solution. And essentially, I think what he really wants to do is he wants Israel to do the same thing he did in Afghanistan, just have Israel get up and leave and let there be an unbelievable debacle in Gaza as a result. Needless to say, there are many who think the U.S. foreign policy under the leadership of President Joe Biden, Secretary of State Blinken, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, is completely incompetent, and apparently the only thing they're attempting to do is mess with Israel and mess them up. They clearly are not protecting the U.S., its citizens, or its allies. Look at the southern border of what's going on in the United States, if you want to understand how we're not protecting this country. Well, so much said for that. That's the world that we live in, and we're going to have to live with that until the next elections. South Africa has decided to jump on the bandwagon of hating Israel, so they went to the World Court in Hague, and they are accusing Israel of genocide, the war in Gaza against the Palestinian Hamas terrorists. They're claiming that Israel is committing genocide. It's a war. It's not genocide. Genocide is something completely different, but South Africa is there at the World Court claiming that. Israel has gone and defended themselves and basically said that Israel is, has a right to self-defense and that we are defending ourselves against Hamas terrorists. Essentially, 100 days ago, this whole war got started with Hamas terrorists going across the border, killing more than a thousand Jewish people and the atrocities they did. And apparently that was just 100 days ago and the world has already forgotten what happened.
and now the world elites are getting together to figure out how do we blame Israel for all the bad things that are happening in the world. My friends, I'm going to ask you to pray for Israel. Pray for the return of the hostages. Pray for the safety of the IDF soldiers. Pray that the God of Israel will bring some sanity to this world because the world has gone upside down and has gone nuts. And they cannot tell the difference between right and wrong. And sadly, our country is right in the middle of this mess. Shalom to all of you.